forks and spoons, knives and other cutlery. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm your other host, Tori. And this is episode four of Calling the Shots, the podcast where we reminisce on the good old Twilight days. <laughs> One day I'm going to like come up with just a consistent sound effect for after. Soundboard. Ooh. I have thought about that. That would be dangerous, though. I feel like it would be used a little too excessively. I would enjoy it. I want a bullhorn sound. The oh, God, yes. We deserve this. Maybe I'll find one for the next episode. <laughs> I'll get us a soundboard, but just one sound effect. Get That's all we can. We should get like applause and then like an extra sound, and then we can only use those two. <laughs> That's all we need. That's all we need. But anyway, as always, we're going to start the beginning of this episode with a quiz. And our icebreaker quiz for the episode is titled, Which Twilight Girl Are You? And we're actually grabbing this from some website called Zoo instead of BuzzFeed because we didn't want to spoil the rest of the contents of, or even the movies, because we only read like the first book. So the quiz is, Which Twilight Girl Are You? Would you like to read the first question, Tori? Sure. So first question is, where would you go on a date and the answers or the options rather a club the mall a hike or a small cafe very great date ideas (laughs) I would love the cafe I I was literally gonna say that I freaking miss cafes yo (laughs) that's like the closest thing to a diner and that's like all I do when I can go out The next question is, what do you like to do in your free time? Play piano, read, study, or shop? I'm going to say read. I'm always like online shopping, even if I don't purchase anything. So I'm going to say shop. Yeah, I get that. Honestly, Tori, you should be shopping too, because you always send me things of like, oh yeah, I should buy this. I'm going to buy this. I just bought this. All right. I'm switching shop. (laughs) I was trying to convince myself because I don't buy it. It doesn't count, but no. (laughs) I like how the other option was play piano. It wasn't even like play an instrument. Specifically piano. If you play guitar, you're fucked. Sorry. I'm assuming if you answer play piano, it's going to say you're an Edward girl or something like that. I don't know. Uh, What's the next question? All right. Your hair is soft and sweet, very curly, unremarkable or short pixie like and cute hmm I wonder who that could be what the heck is unremarkable (laughs) I literally have long brown straight hair that's like parted in the middle that sounds pretty unremarkable to me so (laughs) (laughs) my hair is parted in the middle too I like got a haircut recently. yeah but you've got volume and some flip and some like blonde going on you know yeah so like I guess Yours is like soft and sweet. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I get. I mean, I wouldn't say very curly, I, and it's definitely not short and pixie like. I'm just gonna say soft and sweet. That that makes sense to me. All right. Next question is: What is your favorite activity? Oh, I really wonder what these all <laughs> associate <Yeah>. to. <laughs> so the option number one: fixing cars. Oh, dreaming about the boy in your class. Shopping, makeovers, and manicures, or spending time with your family? I can't even pretend like I wouldn't love to go, like, to get my nails done yeah. and, and, like, go to the mall and, like, get my makeup done. I can't even pretend like that's not my answer. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly my answer, too, but for the sake of, like, choosing something different, I'm going to say uh, dreaming about the boy in your class, just so I can be an Edward girl. At least I hope that's the Edward girl answer. Next question is. All right. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Loving and caring for everyone around, being super strong and never sleeping, reading minds, or seeing the future? I feel like we answered a question similar to this in a different quiz. Probably. My answer is probably going to be different. I'll say seeing the future. I don't want to read minds. Some things I just would rather. That sounds scary. I would rather not know. Um, I'd like anger myself if I could read people's minds. Like I'd be reading people's minds that like I don't want to actually know the answer. Totally. Um, But I like to sleep. So I don't know if I like being super strong and never sleeping. (laughs) 
I mean, my insomnia might tell otherwise, but I do enjoy sleeping when I can sleep. (laughs) I think I'm going to say loving and caring for everyone around. Although I guess that is a superpower that I already possess. (laughs) Let's be realistic. All right. Next question. What is your dream guy like? He is mysterious. He is very strong. He can resist temptation. He can feel for everyone and know their feelings too. Oh, it better be the last option. (laughs) You better be emotional and like openly show that so I know what's going on. Um, (laughs) Like he can resist temptation. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like cheating? I mean, yeah. You you see a person you're attracted to and you're like, I must not. I mustn't. I simply cannot. Um, I don't know what option are you gonna I'm say? gonna go with very strong because I appreciate somebody that can pick me up. Ooh, <laughs> I th- I'm gonna say he can feel for everyone and know their feelings too because that is realistically what I would love. <laughs> That's realistically what I'd like in a partner. Okay, you're gonna get some super sweet guy, and I'm gonna get the Hulk. <laughs> That's okay. It's your ideal type. It's your dream guy. (laughs) All right. So next question. What is your dream car? I want something that all my friends could fit inside. I want something classic and classy like a Mercedes. I want a BMW all the way. Or I want a yellow Porsche. Ooh. I definitely used to say that I wanted a Porsche 911 Turbo in yellow with black leather interior because of Alice. (laughs) So I feel like I need to say that, but that's not my dream car. But out of these options. I know. wish a Volvo was an option. I remember being like, oh, I want to get a Volvo because a Edward, silver Volvo. Yeah, Edward drives a Volvo. Even after rereading the Twilight book, I'm like, I want to get a Volvo. Um, but I do like classic cars, but I don't want a Mercedes. I know for sure my answer isn't going to be number one. I want something like all my friends could fit inside a minivan yeah I'm like I'm gonna take my soccer team with me everywhere (laughs) um so I think I will say wait is a BMW not considered classy it's more of like a sports car a Mercedes is more like sleek like a red BMW flashy sports car I have sat in a in a number of BMWs and Mm. Mm, you feel very nice. bouge. Not me driving it, me being driven in it, but you know. Even so. more bouge. So let's go with the BMW. Okay. <laughs> All right. Your family is unaware of a big secret, my relatives, my life, or people I live with. I guess my family is my relatives. I want to say unaware of a big secret. I think that's just like a funny, <laughs> funny answer. It's really ominous. Uh, next question. What do you do on the weekend? Household chores, shop, hunt, or hang with my girlfriends? Oh, I want to shop, but I do chores. <laughs> I mean, these days I can't do anything else except for chores, but yeah. uh, if it were a regular time, um, I guess I would say hang with my girlfriends or hang with somebody (laughs) yeah hanging out with people being around others all right would you risk your life for the person you love of course it depends probably not or (laughs) I'd risk everything (laughs) I'll say of course I would I don't know I think it depends because it doesn't I get that because the person you love doesn't mean that they love you back fair like you don't know that it wasn't stated So I'm going to say it depends. Mm, True. People can be switching up on you for real. Yeah. Yo, how many questions are there in this quiz? (laughs) I don't know. Oh my God. Does it just keep going on? It goes on and on and on and on forever. Okay. Let's do speed run. (laughs) Ready? (laughs) All right. Are you popular? Kind of. Yes. I could be. No. Uh, I could be. Uh, No. (laughs) What's your favorite season? (laughs) Fall, spring, winter, summer, fall. When your friends talk about you, they say you are clumsy but nice, gorgeous but jealous, mean but pretty, or weird but kind. Weird but kind. I think that's the same for me too. All right, your favorite Twilight vampire is Emmett, Edward, Jasper, James, Edward. Edward. (laughs) 
your favorite type of book is horror, romance, sci-fi, fantasy, or gossip magazines? Sci-fi, fantasy. Um, Romance. (laughs) What would you say is your worst flaw? I worry too much. I can be shallow. I have a temper or I don't know my own strength. I can be shallow. I worry too much. Well, all of them probably. (laughs) Complete this sentence with your favorite response. True love is written in your destiny, sometimes not enough, found when you least expect it, or the main reason to exist. I would say found when you least expect it. Uh, Sometimes not enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you have trouble resisting candy? Not really. I used to a little or yes. Yes, I do. Not really. (laughs) That's such a sweet tooth. Are you a vegetarian? No, yes, absolutely, grudgingly, yes. No. No. Which trait are you most attracted to? Bravery, intelligence, thoughtfulness, or wit? I almost said, (laughs) I almost said thoughtfulness. I was like, that's not a word. (laughs) I love those tater tots. So thoughtful. (laughs) All right, Uh, I'll say intelligence. I'm also going to say intelligence. All right. Which is most important in your life? Love, strength, safety, or happiness? Happiness. I'll say safety. I because think safety. a lot of my affirmations these days have been to be happy. <laughs> happiness. Uh, what's your favorite sport? Track, baseball, cheerleading, or football? Cheerleading. Cheerleading. Which sense would you prefer to be heightened? Sight, touch, hearing, or smell? Sight. <laughs> Oh, all of my senses are so bad. I would say hearing, maybe. I would like to see better. You know what? I would like to see better, too. (laughs) What's your favorite kind of meat? Chicken, beef, pork, venison. Chicken. Chimkin. Questions are never going to end. I I know. We tried to speed run it, and then I'm like, there's too many questions. I think this might be the last one. Okay. Okay. Finally, what is your opinion on vampires? Amazing. (laughs) Monsters. Powerful. Or burdens. Amazing. All right. Who'd you get? I got Esme. Oh, that's nice. That's oh, a- okay. So like a, like a, okay. I thought it was going to be, never mind. Okay. Anyway, what was yours? <laughs> got Bella. Oh, what does your description say? You have a tendency to doubt yourself, but you really shouldn't because you are far, far more amazing than you realize. Compassionate, brave, and always a loyal friend. You'd rather forge your own path than blend in. You can sometimes be a bit indecisive with your feelings, but when you love, you love wholly and deeply. Aww. What does yours Esme say? Esme says, you're a caregiver at heart. Not only are you extremely compassionate and loving, but you also have the ability to love more passionately than most. You have a strong sense of family, accepting others and caring for them as your own. You are selfless and would do anything for those you love, and you always keep your word. I mean, I... I yeah, would that's hope, pretty fitting. I would hope that's that is true. I sure, <laughs> hope so. I sure hope so. Although Esme is the least exciting vampire so far, and uh, that's all she I'm going to say. Deserves on that. the world. I love her so much. <laughs> she does. She deserves the world. Although because she is very uh, more on the compassionate and loving end, uh, she doesn't really get herself in many situations. But. Finally, after all those questions in that quiz, which I thought was going to be just like really quick, but I was wrong. I should have looked at all the questions. Yeah, I didn't. I saw the first one and went, oh yeah, we could do this. This is fine. This is fine. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, speaking of girls, uh, in this episode, we're going to find out what has gone on with the girl of the episode, Miss Bella Swan. But before we even get to that, we're going to very briefly summarize all the chapters so far because we are finally in the last third of the Twilight book. But uh, I'm going to start with uh, what happened in chapters one through nine because things happened. (laughs) Things happened. And if you haven't already listened to the first few episodes where we talk about what happened in those episodes, you can take this time to do that now. So just like pause this episode and then play that. And then when you're done, then you can like play the second one. And then when you're done with that, then you can come to this one. catch up what are you doing yeah god like we're we're in a pandemic what are you doing (laughs) don't have anything to do all day besides listen to our podcast so get on it i know jump on that if you need a refresher for chapters one through nine 
our story starts with um, 17 year old Isabella Swan, also known as Bella Swan, and she moves to Forks, Washington to live with her father, Charlie, after previously living in Phoenix, Arizona with her mother, Renee, and her stepdad, Phil. Uh, the reason that she moves, I honestly, I'm like, it's because she is in this like mode of being a teenager and really angsty and she wants a change of scenery. And so she goes from the hot and sunny world of Arizona to the gloomy and really, really green areas of Washington. On the first day of school, she has this really unpleasant encounter with Edward Cullen and also later discovers his unusually beautiful family. And then on this random trip that she and her school friends take to the reservation of La Push, she gets caught up into this mythical tale of the cold-blooded ones and werewolves as told by her childhood friend Jacob Black. And at this point, because of how strange Edward is and all of his actions that have gone on while she's kind of met him, she's convinced that Edward must be a vampire of some sort. Later on, she and her school friends take a trip to Port Angeles to go dress shopping for the upcoming homecoming dance. And thanks to Bella's talent of getting into tricky situations, she gets lost from her friends, threatened by the, quote, rowdy rough boys, <laughs> and is later saved by Edward. And then Bella and Edward go out for dinner. She starts to question him about his actions and all those weird times that he saved her. And she continues this on their drive back to Forks. And that's pretty much the first third of the book. All right. And then for the second third of the book, um, after spending time in Port Angeles together, um, Edward spends the next couple of days interrogating Bella all about her life and her mom and Phoenix and everything like that. Jessica is very interested and wants to know all of the tea about Edward, but she doesn't give her much detail. Um, and when they're at lunch that day, he asks her if instead of going to Seattle, they could go to this place that he likes to go when it's nice. And it ends up being a beautiful meadow where he gets to show off exactly why vampires don't go out into the sun. He sparkle, uh, nice and shiny. And he, they spend some time in the meadow and blah, blah, blah. And then he freaks out because she gets a little bit too close. He starts throwing trees around, having a temper tantrum, and she gets a little bit of a taste of what he really is, and she sees that he could actually be dangerous, but he runs her back at super speed to the car, and they have their first kiss, and she's all dizzy and shaken up, and when they get back to Bella's, he lets her know that he watches her sleep, and homegirl's like totally fine with that, and she's so excited to have Edward watch her sleep that she's like, speeding to get ready for bed charlie knows something's up but he thinks she's sneaking out um so he disconnects her battery cables to try to stop her from sneaking out which is hilarious um the next day bella goes with edward to his house to meet his family formally and everyone besides rosalie and emmett's there because rosalie doesn't fuck with her and everyone else loves her though but he plays piano for her and shows her some family history. And then Alice lets them know that there's a storm brewing, which means it's the perfect time for some vampire baseball. And Edward takes Bella home to get ready, only to find Bella and Jacob sitting in the driveway unannounced. And Bella and Billy talk, and Billy tells Bella that he's not very happy about Edward and the Cullens hanging around with Bella. And she basically tells him that it's none of his business and to fudge off. So they leave, find the Collins in a huge clearing, and they begin to play baseball until Alice gets a vision that a clan of vampires heard their game and are now heading their way, which worries everyone. So they try to get Bella in a safe position and prepare for the clan to arrive. Da -da -da. Here we are right now, at the beginning of chapter 18. It's titled The Hunt. Um, and so now the vampire gang and Bella encounter these mysterious vampires, uh, Laurent, Victoria, and James in the clearing where they were playing baseball. Um, there's just like a bunch of questioning on both sides. They're like, oh, we didn't know there were vampires here. And the other group's like, oh, we heard you guys were being loud and we wanted to know what was going on. <laughs> 
And then um, one of the vampires, Edward, gets a whiff of Bella and he goes sicko mode. <laughs> and everyone like, they just go into like ready to attack mode. Like they're, it's, it go, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Everyone freaks out. Um, so then the vampire family, they're like, you can't touch her. She's one of ours. And James is like, I'm going to get her. I got to get her. <laughs> and uh, so basically at this point, the Cullen family are like, we need to protect Bella. How do we do it? And then, um, yeah, that's basically what chapter 18 is about. <laughs> okay. I still don't understand why they had Bella put down her hair. Like they saw the other vampire clan coming and they're like, Bella, put down your hair. And her hair getting swept up in the wind is what makes James go all sicko mode. He goes sicko mode, trademark. (laughs) I wrote that down. James goes sicko mode. (laughs) Like, I don't, I genuinely do not understand, like, what they were trying to achieve with that. Like, wouldn't her her hair being up be more beneficial? If they had told her to keep her hair up, would she be safe right now? Probably. I don't know. I feel like because that that situation was so chaotic, um, Edward wasn't really thinking straight and he just like was trying, he just gave a command to Bella, not really thinking it through. I was like, what if they told her to put her hair down to like cover her face so they can't see that she's not like strikingly beautiful and she knows, they like know she's not a vampire. (laughs) They're like, you're not a baddie. Oh, you're not one of us. You're not an IG baddie. Girl, put that hair down. Honestly. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, okay. So the one part that I like highlighted in the book, um, it was talking about how even though the situation was like really tense before James got a whiff of Bella, um, it mentions here that Bella could figure that Jasper was using his like special gift to kind of control the situation. And I'm like, oh yeah, that would be like the perfect time to be using, you know, your power of like controlling people's emotions. Um man I wish I had that that would be very cool. I know that would be a really nice power but that's like kind of a you could use that in some really bad ways god that's scary like thinking about somebody like being able to control my emotions is terrifying Jasper please stay away Jasper please I think use I'm that. a little scared of Jasper out of all of them <laughs> I'm a little serious. spooked by him I highlighted this part that was like Bella was basically saying that if something happens to her, that the FBI is going to be all over them. And Edward was like, calm down, Bella. We've been there before. Um, is the, <laughs> what if the FBI is like keeping tabs on the Collins and they like know about them? The FBI is informed about vampires. What if they're just keeping tabs on vampires in general? Like not just the Collins, just all the vamps. <laughs> Every vamp. Every single vamp. Oh, I just like wasn't quite sure how I felt about. So obviously everyone's freaking out. They're like, we got to help Bella. We don't know what to do. And then Bella's the one who comes up with like the ultimate plan that they end up going with. But I'm still like, so you mean to tell me that all these vampires who are super duper smart and really intelligent couldn't really come up with a plan on how to protect Bella. And it had to be Bella herself who had to come up with her own plan to like yeah, save herself. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And I also don't get why, like, she chose Phoenix. Like, I get that they're trying to trick him and assume that that's the last place he'd think she'd go, but why would they not, like, go somewhere that doesn't connect to her at all? I know. It's a little dumb to go back to the place that she was before, bitch. I'd be in Bora Bora (laughs) on, like, one of those little huts. I'd be chilling. They would never find me. You cannot find me, bitch. (laughs) Like, me... Like me, Alice, and Jasper would be chilling in Bora Bora in a little hut. They would never know. Like, I really don't understand why would you go somewhere that connects to you? That's not very smart. I don't know. They could have considered the, well, I don't know. Because the, whatever other vampire clan that's similar to them in Canada. The I, I think that's the name of it. So, I mean, they could have considered that. Like, oh yeah, we can just take Bella to Canada. We'll have like strength in numbers because there are other vampires like us up there. But no. And that's on that. And then we get to chapter 19, which is titled Goodbyes. So Bella comes up with this idea that she's got to book it out of forks and head back to Phoenix. And in order to do so, this involves her having to emotionally hurt her dad, Charles, Charlie, which I'm like, he doesn't deserve this. I literally cried reading this. I was actually in. Oh, Charlie. 
And the way that she said the same phrase or quote that her mom said when her mom had left her dad, I was like, that is horrible, Bella. Also, how do you remember that? I I know. I guess that's trauma. Like, you know, when a traumatic event happens, you just like remember very specific details. But still, I'm like, Bella, that's too low. That is too low. I don't know. I bet Renee was probably like, always remember, Bella, what I told your dad when I left his ass in Forks, Washington. I can't be stuck there. She's a little crazy. I don't doubt that she like told her that. And we'll get more into, yeah, we'll get more into problematic Renee in a, in a few chapters, but yeah. So Bella says the same exact phrase that her mom tells Charlie when her mom had left Forks. And um, he's obviously very, very hurt by this. She leaves and um makes it seem like she's like getting into her car and like driving away and then um they end up driving to the Colin house and everyone splits up into teams so that they can confuse James and Victoria <laughs> oh yeah yeah so basically they all split up into teams um to divide and conquer basically <laughs> I love that they specifically like say that they can armor up the entire like glass wall side of their house like Esme clicks a button and it gets armored the fuck up like steeled out <laughs> I love that. that's so badass but like why would they need because I mean the point of them existing in this small town is because they want to be very like inscons- in case anyone ever finds out and there's a vampire hunt and they got pitchforks and everything they armor up. They're safe. Carlisle's like, I've been through one too many of these. We need to armor up. <laughs> the FBI come from them. They armor up. They <laughs> oh, at one point, Edward is like really apologetic. And he's like, it's my fault. I put you in this situation. I was the fool to invite you. And I'm like, yeah, this is your fault. <laughs> you caused this. <laughs> I know. He's always like, this was my fault. I'm sorry but we're going to do the same thing tomorrow. It's going to be my fault tomorrow too. I know. Change. <laughs> Listen, I love like after, or like as everybody's getting ready to disband, Carlisle starts passing out tiny little cell phones. And it's just such a sign of the times, like so 2005 that he's passing out these tiny little cell phones. Why, like, does, why don't they all just have cell phones? They're rich enough. Here's his little flip phone you can have. Your little burner phone. Piled away. He'll be pissed if Emmett starts using all the minutes. (laughs) He's texting Rosalie. I love you, bitch. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Um, But before they even like break off into teams, when Bella and Edward get back to the Cullen house, they find Laurent there. And Laurent basically warns them of like, oh, yeah. James is a tracker. He won't stop until he gets what he wants. Uh, Victoria is his partner in crime and all that stuff. I think it also mentions that Laurent actually isn't the clan leader of their little group. No, James is. You assume it kind of is because Laurent does most of the talking when they first meet. But yeah, so Laurent actually is just like following them. Yeah, Laurent's pretty chill. He says that he's going to go check out the uh, Denali clan. And he says that he's embarrassed by James, which I think is like such a mood. Like they say that like Laurent said that he was embarrassed by James and how he acted, which I get. It's like, dang, you're, you're. But I love that Carlisle was able to sway Laurent and be like, hmm, check out our vampire vegetarian lifestyle. And he's like, you know what, buddy, you're on to something. I'm going to go check out those uh, Alaskan vampires and hang out with them for a while. I think I understand where you guys are coming from. I'm going to go live that vampire vegetarian life. That veg pam, vet, veg pyre life. Veg- <laughs> I'm going to live that veg pyre life. I mean, I, I guess we could talk about how they decide to break off into groups. Basically what they got to do is um, distract both James and Victoria separately. So you have one group who's going to hide Bella, one group who's going to distract James, and one group that's going to distract Victoria. And uh, it's the next chapter that you find out like exactly where they go and how to do it. But part of that plan requires Bella to change clothes with one of them, uh, one of the girls, and she can't change clothes with Alice because Alice is in Bella's group. And so... At first, they're like, Rosalie, change clothes with Bella. <laughs> Rosalie's like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, she's like, do not make me. And she doesn't. Like, that's kind of messed up that she's just like, no. So Esme has to. 
<laughs> and Esme's like, oh, come here, my sweet child. I will take care of you. And they go and change and switch clothes, except for Esme's clothes are too big for Bella. And it doesn't it doesn't mention how Bella's clothes fit on Esme. I'm like, would, so does that mean they'd be too small on Esme? Yeah, probably. That's funny. <laughs> She's wearing like capris at this point because, I don't know, I just assume Esme's really tall. Yeah. And then we get to chapter 20 called Impatience. So in chapter 20, Bella, Alice, and Jasper head towards Phoenix in order to hide. Um, Edward, Emmett, and Carlisle lead James towards Canada. And then Esme and Rosalie stay in forks to watch over Victoria and also make sure that Charlie is kept safe. Um, And Bella, Alice, and Jasper end up getting this hotel motel room place um to hide out in until they get like further directions from the other two groups on like what to do and then at some point Alice gets this vision of a ballet studio and they all try to make sense of like what that means and that's my presentation thank you for joining me at my TED talk (laughs) all right listen I have a bone to pick with this chapter because I, it bothers me that they keep referring to James as James, but they keep referring to Victoria as, as that nothing. wild female. Yep. <laughs> it makes me so mad every time it's like, but James and that wild female. I'm like, oh my God, say her name. Say her name. I Yeah, I literally like bookmarked that because I just go. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe, I was like, maybe they don't like actually say James all like that. And they just call him the tracker. But no, they do call him James sometimes. But nope, she's just the wild female. Hashtag say her name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they don't mention Victoria's name by Victoria. Like, I think maybe once or twice when they were first talking about her. But like, I know she's a villain, but like, maybe she deserves better. Like, if you're going to mention the guy who is also the villain by their name. Yeah, the one that's chasing you. Why is he not the wild male and his redhead companion? (laughs) His redhead companion. (laughs) Um, While they're all hiding in this um, hotel motel room, they do get a call from team Edward Carlisle and Emmett. And basically, they just give like an update of like where they are at and what's going on. And then at that point Bella gets to talk to Edward really briefly and they're both like really lovey-dovey about it and I'm like that's fine I guess they're happy or they tell Bella's group that they lost James and they're like we are heading back to Phoenix to help you out and stuff (laughs) and stuff I also think in this chapter is when Alice kind of talks about in more details how her visions work um she mentions that she only like sees a portion of it and then if the character or the person in question changes their mind then that changes the vision or like if they're like set on a different path then Alice's vision also changes with it which I'm like oh interesting because so far the vision only shows um James in this ballet studio and then Bella's like I know where that ballet studio that's the one I used to go to as a child at first she's like pointing out she's like oh here's the bathrooms and here the, here's this and here's this and then she's like wait but actually it might not be the one they all kind of look the same and I'm like you're literally explaining where the bathroom in the hallway and everything is what do you mean it might not be the one that you were at <laughs> plus like you already know that you are the target so yes I, I would know. assume that like it would be something connected to my past yeah. oh Bella head empty yeah I mean it's just a bunch of Bella sleeping for weird hours and then waking up for weird hours and um Alice and Jasper not sleeping at all and just like staring at the television waiting for they literally just will stare at walls too like it says that they'll just glare at walls for hours and that's probably terrifying I mean they didn't have like smartphones so I guess there isn't really another way for them to like waste time except for watching what's on the television and staring outside you think they just like all sit around their house like staring at walls like what do they do at home stare at walls all day I mean, I guess they play music, right? I don't know. I feel like after a while of just, there's nothing to do after a while. You do it all. You just do do nothing to 
do but to stare at walls, I'm sure. I guess sometimes I just stare. Sometimes I just lay on the floor and I stare at the ceiling. So I get it. <laughs> sometimes you gotta. <laughs> you gotta. Anyway, we get to chapter 21, which is called Phone Call. Uh, and here, what happens is Bella receives a call from her mom, except for it's not actually from her mom. It's from James, the tracker vampire dude. And he gives her instructions asking her to basically escape from her vampire friends and go back to her mom's house so that she can get like more instructions on what to do. And um, Bella fakes it, which I still don't know how Bella manages to fake this in front of Alice because I'm like, I'd be losing it. I, I would just be really bad at trying to lie in front of a vampire, especially if it's Alice. Like, I think they're all, I at least I thought they're all supposed to be really like on it constantly and could yeah. like tell the differences. But it was just Alice in the room and not Jasper. So I guess that was like, the way to make it seem like okay Bella has a chance of trying to like trick her in an attempt to kind of be able to do what James wants she writes a letter and claims it's for her mom but it's actually a letter written to Edward and she's like hey Alice can you give this like take this to my mom's house so my mom can see it and not be worried and Alice is like sure (laughs) why does she just assume that Edward's gonna know it's for him I think it's like I think Bella had a feeling that her plan might like not work all the way and then they would probably read the letter and then realize that the letter was actually for Edward. Gotcha. But that's just my thoughts. Head empty. Head empty. Bella thoughts. <laughs> Head empty Bella thoughts. And I love how she's just like so prepared to like go die. Like it literally says for I had no choice now, but one, to go to the mirrored room and die. Like, it's just so, she's, like, so fine with it. I she's also, like, oh, yes, it's my time. I must now go. <laughs> I like how they changed the text in the book for, like, what the letter. I was struggling to read it. I don't like this font. And I don't also, it does not look like handwriting font. It looks like it was written with blood. <laughs> god i think it's supposed to like look scraggly but i just cannot read it well it, why like, didn't push in my brain maybe but be- nah i don't even know because i was gonna say oh maybe like they didn't have the technology to just transfer handwriting but that's a lie they they did there was a there would have been a way for her stephanie to, meyer explain she could have just like wrote it on a note and then scanned it and put it into the book okay. um, but yeah basically that is how chapter 21 ends and then we get to chapter 22 which is called hide and seek and what happens here are that um so the plans change because edward's team lost like they couldn't find james (laughs) they're like we lost him he's gone and so bella alice and jasper go to the airport so that they could meet edward emmett and carlisle and bella's like um i gotta go to the bathroom (laughs) <laughs> well actually Bella has to eat so Bella's like um I, I gotta go eat and Alice is like okay I'll go with you and she and then Bella goes no 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 I want I want Jasper um and so I'm feeling nervous I need Jasper and I'm like you bitch that's not what you're gonna do so Bella uses the airport as basically her like way to escape which makes sense kind of maybe um and so Bella runs to the bathroom and then exits in a different way. And I don't know how um, Jasper didn't catch this because I'm sure he had to have like- There were two exits and she went out the exit closer to the like door. But like, isn't Jasper like keeping track of her? Like, couldn't he have felt her that her like feeling or emotions were changing? He probably wasn't thinking about it that hard. Like mm. she's in the bathroom. He probably doesn't assume that there's going to be another entrance and she's going to go running. She's excited to see Edward. He doesn't know that she's got this go pl- like plan to go unalive herself in the studio. Unalive herself. <laughs> she's like, I gotta go fast. Um, yeah, so because Bella exits out of the bathroom through the other exit, she catches a cab asks the taxi driver to take her to her mom's house she like pays with a few hundreds and i don't even know where she got this money from 
Wait, first she gets on the shuttle to the Hyatt. To the, oh yeah, to a hotel. And she, I was like. She, on, she runs out of the airport and gets on a shuttle to the Hyatt Hotel and then steals a cab from this couple that's unloading their suitcases at the Hyatt. And this bitch doesn't have any luggage on her. She very well could look like a runaway child, which she was. She basically yeah. is. Um, she tosses and- like $100 and 20s at him and it's like, is this going to get me there? But like, where did this bitch get that money from? It's her, it's her runaway money, probably <laughs> birthday money and stuff. It's her runaway money. Um, yeah, so Bella goes through all of that. Honestly, I, I don't blame her for like going through that in order to escape. I just am still in disbelief that it happened. Like, <laughs> oh, it's believe. the Hyatt shuttle that really gets me. Like when I was reading that, I was like, what? This bitch does not get on a shuttle and go to the Hyatt. Where is this going? This bitch gets on a shuttle by herself without any luggage. <laughs> He's like, this is going to the Hyatt. And she's like, yeah, yeah. where's it going? <laughs> and we're like, okay. <laughs> that's where I belong. <laughs> I'd be scared. I'd be like, is this child being trafficked or something? Do I need to call somebody? She basically looks like a runaway child because she is. I'd be concerned. She is a runaway child. So, Miss Girl Bella, (laughs) she gets to the Hyatt from the airport, and then from the Hyatt, she gets in a cab, and from the cab, she is able to get to her mom's house. She gets to her mom's house, and she finds the key that they hide, and she gets inside. She calls the like, she calls James because James left a message for her, and James is like, "Oh, that was really quick." I didn't think you would be able to do this. (laughs) Um, James is still like tricking Bella into thinking that, you know, her mom is being used as a hostage and um, he gets her to go to the dance studio. So Bella does that. She goes to the dance studio and she still thinks that her mom is there being a hostage. And then she realizes actually this isn't the case because James is just using the audio of like her old home movie audio of yeah her. which is pretty twisted i'm like dang what yeah it was like audio of her visiting her grandmother in california when she was 12 and she had leaned over the rail too far on the pier and her mom was all worried that's where the audio was from but how did the so in the initial call when they were like still in the hotel in the hotel motel room and Bella answered the phone for the very first time. I don't know how, like, I mean, that must have been really good detective work on James's end to pick an audio that would match, best match, like, what you would typically say if you were answering I know, the phone. like, what a, what a coinky dink that he found something of her being like, Bella, 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 Bella. Um, anyway, so, yeah, James tricks Bella. Her mom actually isn't there at all. And then, um, because... James is a, is a psycho. He, <laughs> a sicko psycho. <laughs> he um, basically talks about how he's like disappointed in how easy this was and wants to taunt Edward because I realize now that it actually wasn't Bella that was the like main person that he wanted to hurt. It was Edward that he wanted to hurt. He probably wanted Bella at first, but when he realized that Edward would do anything, then it was more about, like, getting a little jab at him. He's like, I want to hurt your little vampy boyfriend. But then Um, you find out a little bit more. James gives a little bit of tea about the family. Yeah, he gives a little bit of tea. Um, But yeah, so James is using this video camera or camcorder to record his encounter with Bella. And he's like, I'm going to use this to taunt your boyfriend, Edward. And then James throws Bella into the mirrors. So now Bella's got a head wound. She has like broken ribs. And um, he also steps on her leg. And so now her leg is broken. (laughs) Bella is really really sick now because the smell of blood and all her body parts are basically broken and she's like falling out of consciousness by the end of this chapter and I'm like this girl's gonna die this girl's gonna die um although she does get this like glimpse of hope in what she thinks is a vision and then you get to the next chapter I almost said the next episode (laughs) then you get to the next episode (laughs) which is called chapter 23 the angel And what happens in this chapter, well, 
Is there anything more you want to talk about in chapter 22 before we get to the angel? Um, chapter 22 is when he lets Bella know that the only time a prey has ever escaped him was Alice. And then you're like, oh, more yeah. of Alice's backstory. Yeah, you find out a little bit more about Alice's backstory in this chapter. It's strange that after realizing he's found Alice, he doesn't make Alice's victim again. Like, I mean, he kind of he kind of talks about it, like where he trades one to gain one. But I don't know if you finally find the vampy girl that you well, lost it said he before. didn't care anymore. Like once once she had been changed into a vampire, he lost all interest in her because she didn't smell like yeah. the human girl in the psych ward anymore. He was just another normal vampire he didn't care about. He's like, darn it, I lost her, but I found her, but I still lost her. <laughs> but he lost that agonizing feeling, and now he wants Edward to lose that. He's like, I'm going to get you, Eddie boy. I'm going to get you. Um, yeah, so that also happens in chapter 22. I don't think anything, I don't think anything else, else happens. happens. So now we get to chapter 23. The angel and um the vampires (laughs) all get to this dance studio and basically try to rescue bella and also kill james um it doesn't quite talk about the details yet of how they do it but bella is truly struggling she's lost a ton of blood um it's assumed that Jasper and Emmett took care of James, but it doesn't specify exactly how. It just says, like, they got him. (laughs) And then Carlisle and Edward are like, Bella, you need to stay with us. Um, Carlisle is like, oh, yeah, these are all the bad things that have happened to Bella. She has blood force, like, blood trauma to her head, and her ribs are broken, and her leg is broken. And then Bella's like, my hand is burning. (laughs) And then Edward. Stop the fire. Stop the fire. Stop the fire. And Carla was like, he bit her too. What the heck? Uh, <laughs> He's like, oh, dude, that's so messed up. <laughs> ah, man, that sucks. Sucks to be you, Bella. <laughs> and so Carlisle is like trying to stop the bleeding and all the other parts of Bella's body. And um, Carlisle's like, we got to suck the venom out. Uh, but he's like, I can't do it. <laughs> Edward, you got to do it. And Edward's like, I can't. I'm not strong enough. <laughs> I can't do it. But eventually he does. So he sucks out the venom and he basically goes ape shit because he's like, I can't. I'm not strong enough. I can't stop. But he does because he really loves Bella and he doesn't want to uh, kill her or make her a vampire quite yet. Um, and that's what happens <laughs> that was like it was a very short chapter a lot of these chapters are really short mm-hmm. but it cracks me up when he's trying to get the venom out of her blood and then he says her blood tastes clean i can taste the morphine i know well i didn't even realize that carlisle brought like his medical bag or yeah bag. at first i was like what do you mean you can taste the morphine yeah it doesn't like, oh he's probably injecting her with something yeah it doesn't specifically state that carlisle brought like his medical bag to treat bella but because he's a doctor i guess we just assume like oh okay i guess i guess that makes sense um plot yeah. twist he didn't her blood just tastes like morphine yeah bella's just like she's a mess she's screaming she's like squeaming she, she's bleeding everywhere and um uh yeah (laughs) that's what happens in chapter 23 (laughs) and then we get to chapter 24 which is called an impasse and bella is now at the hospital she learns that her mom is there and she's really excited to see her mom and her mom renee tells bella about her life updates what happened to phil how he got signed to this baseball team and um yeah her daughter almost died and she's like oh my god wait I gotta tell you the news girl (laughs) girl I gotta tell you the news (laughs) which I know Tori you wanted to say some things about Renee being a problematic mom (laughs) yeah like I don't understand just we'll get there we can continue the the summary (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, in the midst of Renee telling Bella about all of her life changes, she's like, oh, Bella, you can come back with me. I'll spend some time with you. I'll spend some time with Phil. And Bella's like, wait, 
I don't want to go with you, mom. I'm going to stay here in Forks because I have friends and I have to take care of dad. And, um, and I like this guy who's pretending to sleep in the corner. <laughs> and her mom's like, are you guys like serious or something? And I'm she's judging a little bit too. And she's like, no, no, it's just like a crush, which it's totally not. <laughs> They've said, I love you. I love you to each other. Like so many times at this point. Um, and then Renee like gets out of the room and then Bella and Edward have their little chat. Um, she basically talks about like wanting to be a vampire and like discloses to Edward that she kind of knows how the process works because she and Alice have talked about it before, but he's like, I'm not turning you into a vampire. Um, and then at one point Edward's like, we, we can't keep doing this. I am not safe for you. And then Bella's like, don't leave. And she like freaks out a little. And um, because Bella's freaking out and not being restful, Edward calls the nurse and is like, she's ready for that medication so she can calm down. <laughs> um and then she gets the medication and she calms down <laughs> oh yep yep that's what happens in that chapter <laughs> yeah listen renee is a piece of work this woman it bothers me to no end how the first thing she says to her daughter that almost fucking dies she's not like i was so worried about you or how are you feeling she's like oh i was so upset like, what do you mean? I was upset I almost died, lady. This <laughs> He's super judgmental about Edward, even though all she does is make choices for men. Like, if it benefits Phil, she'll do it. Does it benefit Bella? No. She doesn't no, no. care. No, no, no. And no. the last, the last little Renee thing that really set me off is she's like, so proud of herself and announcing like I've been sleeping here with you do you know that and she's like oh you don't have to do that and she's like well actually I'm only doing it because I'm scared to go home because someone broke into the dance studio by my house <laughs> like <laughs> this bitch <laughs> I'm here for you but only because I don't want to be alone in my own home so I guess I'm gonna be here for you just don't want to give this woman a go smack her the old one too <laughs> I was cracking up. It literally says that like when she was trying to talk to her about Edward, it was the first time she tried to use a parental tone since she was eight. And she said she recognized the tone from the talk she had to have with her mom about men. <laughs> this little child sitting her mom down and sternly giving her talks about the men that she's bringing home with her. Oh my God. Dad. I mean, I guess that does make sense as to why Bella has this, like, personality of being mature for her age. It's because yeah. of her upbringing that she had to become mature for her age. But come on, Renee. Like, your daughter almost died. Why are you only talking about yourself? <laughs> I know. Bitch, Bella's got such big mommy issues. Man, Renesme should have been named Renesme. Renesme should have been named Esme. <laughs> my god i know she really should have she didn't deserve any part of that Rene yeah i i realized that i am not a big fan of renee no and i didn't realize how shitty of a mom she was until i like am rereading it now so i'm excited to see what terrible things she continues to do as the series progresses <laughs> i also like after her, you texted me and you go man renee a horrible mom and I'm like well don't don't tell me yet I know <laughs> no, I don't, talk about it yet. don't talk about it yet did Charlie go to the hospital or not no I don't think so that's a little odd yeah, actually that's odd right <laughs> like if my daughter almost died and she's not in a foreign country I would jump on the first plane yeah, now that you think now that I think about it I don't know if Charlie did, did come down to I mean, maybe if he, like, knew that she was okay, maybe he couldn't get down to Phoenix from Washington. I don't know. I if mean, he knew that Renee was going to be there, maybe he was like, well, just let me know how she is. And I guess this is another testament on how Renee's such a bad mom. Because when Bella was last in the hospital, when she almost got crushed by Tyler's truck, one of the first things that Charlie told Bella was like, oh, I told your mom. Like she, yeah. uh, she, he let Bella know that both parents are in on what's going on, but I have a feeling that Renee is just so selfish. <laughs> I didn't even think 
of that maybe he really doesn't even know what's going on well i think it's possible that like maybe she did tell him but like didn't even bother to tell bella about it maybe like she's so renee is so selfish and only thinks about herself that she just like omits anything about charlie because she like he wants to care. be the shiny parent that's there when she wakes up not her dad <laughs> she could care to like less about charlie <laughs> and won't bring him up because she is that kind of person um but yeah i don't think charlie even is at the hospital she she asks where um what's renee's husband's name phil, phil she asks where phil is does she ask where her dad is i Honestly, I don't think so. What the hell? I'd be like, where's my dad? I know, I would have been like, is uh, well, okay, because of how I am, I'd be like, is dad mad? <laughs> right? Because they didn't really end it, uh, their, like, last talk in the most positive way. Oh, but also, so, actually, before Bella wakes up, the first person she sees is Edward, and Edward tells Bella that her mom is in the hospital, and Bella has the audacity to go, why did you tell her I was here? Bitch, you almost died. Honestly. Okay, listen, the thing I love is that they have to have an alibi for how Bella got all fucked up, right? And they say she fell down two flights of steps and went through a window at the hotel, which one, I would be super sus if my daughter was all battered and bruised and her boyfriend was like, she fell through a window. I'd be like, um, sir, we're going to court, first of all. And also, I just picture um, the Collins like, destroying the hotel and no. Alice jumping through the window. They said that Alice is the one that, like, had a good time destroying it and making it look like... I'm just picturing her, like, cannonballing through the window of a hotel, like, jumping down the steps and diving out. There are so many plot holes in that, like, alibi story, like, especially... How does, she, how does she tumble down the steps and then go around and then tumble down another set of steps and then yeet herself out the window? Are there no cameras in the hotel? Yeah, like I feel like the parents could have investigated that situation more because that's a lot of injuries. Like, I don't know, maybe they could say that like it was the hotel's fault for like having a faulty yeah, stairwell they, or they whatever. That they did it so well that Bella could sue the hotel if she wanted, but. But the parents didn't do that. <laughs> they go back and look at the tapes and just see this little girl with black hair hopping through the windows. <laughs> Cannon, cannonballing in the window <laughs> yeah that part really got me too i was like that can't happen and then they also had to stage the robbery and destroy the dance studio too and that required having to steal a car and bella's like you stole a car and he's like it was a nice car too really fast <laughs> that's funny i get it um <laughs> yeah there's a lot of plot holes but this is also a fictional world, so I guess real life problems. It's literally don't a apply. book about vampires. We're not going to be that pressed about a plot hole. <laughs> real life problems don't really matter. <laughs> is there anything else for chapter 24? Nope. I think that's pretty much it. Okay. And then we get to the epilogue, which is titled An Occasion. And Edward takes Bella to a mysterious location for a mysterious folk event and it ends up being the prom she doesn't really realize it until they get there um which is weird because she spent the day getting all dressed up by alice and like getting makeup put on her and putting on this pretty dress and for some reason bella doesn't register oh i'm going to like a school dance oh <laughs> uh, so she gets to the prom and then edward gets or yeah edward gets a call from charlie and he's like uh tyler's at my house <laughs> why did this boy show up that's so embarrassing for him he knows that edward and bella are together and he's still like here i am to take her to prom boy if you don't stop it boy if you don't get the fuck out of my prom my property <laughs> you try to kill my daughter and now you're trespassing on private property i don't think so uh yeah so tyler appears at the swan household and um they like try to figure it out because obviously Bella's at the prom with Edward. Um, <laughs> I still think that's so funny. And then while they're at the prom, they're like, Bella and Edward are having their little dancey dance moment and they're like chilling with the rest of the um, calling kids, which they're also all dressed up too. And then Jacob crashes the prom with 
um, with a message from Billy. <laughs> and uh, he kind of has a moment with Bella and tells her that Bella, you gotta break up with Edward, says my father. <laughs> and she's like, I know your dad's making you do this, but uh, I'm not gonna do that. But I appreciate the warning though. And he's like, I don't know. I think Jacob still isn't fully, like he still doesn't fully like understand or like believe. No, I don't think he does either. He probably thinks his dad's just being like a super superstitious, crazy old dude. He's also like, I'm only doing this because my dad said he'd buy me a car part so I could finish my car. <laughs> Bella's like, I want to make sure you can finish that car and get that car part. <laughs> He's like, yeah, get that part, Jacob. Get that part. I'm gonna help you get that part. And so she just like takes the message and it's like, okay, I hear you, but I'm not gonna do that. And then Jacob leaves. Edward comes back. They have another dancey dance moment and um, <laughs> Bella admits that she thinks the reason that they got all dressed up was because Edward was gonna turn her like they're gonna have a special vampire transformation party <laughs> which is not the case um and then he like positions her in a way so that he can kiss her neck but jokingly is like oh are you like prepared for for me to turn you into a vampire and she's like yeah make me a vampire but he doesn't he just kisses her neck and uh yeah that's the end of the book <laughs> and that's the end of the first book and that's the end of twilight <laughs> i like got a little sad when i finished it i was like oh i can't believe how quickly that these last few chapters were yeah so we have finally finished the twilight book and now we are going to watch the twilight movie and basically analyze the film and how it's different and different from the book and all of that other stuff i am excited to see the movie too the last time i watched the movie was with tori like yeah two years ago yep. <laughs> that was the last time it was the last time i watched the movie and i remember a lot of details from the movie but now after reading the book again i'm like wait a lot of things are not the same and yeah now I can't wait to see what else is not the same when I actually watch the film. I got to figure out how I'm going to watch the movie because, um, I mean, I could rent it, but I don't know if it's on like a streaming service. I don't think so. I think you have to rent it yeah. or buy it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, I know one thing that I wanted to ask about. Remember in your copy of the book that I gave you, they have those questions at the back? Yeah. I wonder if there are any questions that we can answer. Let's see any analytical ones so that this actually turns into something more educational no <laughs> I do want to know what the questions are though all right is Edward selfishly putting Bella in danger or is Bella being too stubborn for her own good is it a little bit of both what are the threatening factors Bella is facing and are there ways to avoid them yeah, they're both being dumb. They're both bad for each other. <laughs> yeah, like he shouldn't put her at risk and she shouldn't be like putting this boy in front of everything. Yep, they're both bad for I each other. I get it, yeah, but like. I get it, but they're just not a good match for each other. <laughs> the Collins live, act, and care for one another as a family. How much of their ability to do so is dependent on Carlisle's rule that they live in a manner that contradicts their nature, hunting animals instead of humans? Do you think that they would be able to m maintain their bond if they weren't all committed to his plan? I mean, probably not. I mean, okay. if they, yeah, if they didn't fully believe in it, they would have left. Yeah. Like, left permanently. Edward, that, like Edward did for a minute. He was like, I'm Audi. And then he came back. <laughs> I'm Audi. And then he came back in an Audi. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> that's like being a murderer in a family and the rest of the family. It's just like, oh, it's cool. You're a murderer. We still love you and accept you. I mean, like, they, like, could if they were crazy, but, like, I don't think the Collins would go for it. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, you want to go eat people? Do it alone, bitch. I mean, in a way, Edward did. He Yeah, he did. When it was just him and Carlisle, he left for a couple years, and then he came back. He left. He literally killed people. His reasoning was... rebellious. Was, he was a yeah. teen. <laughs> His reasoning is that he was killing people who were doing bad things. Yeah. That's like, what justified like, it. But he still killed people for a time. So, yeah, it's possible. If they didn't want to do it, they didn't have to. But it just happens that all the members of the Cullen family were like, I think I understand where Carlisle's coming from. And so they kept with it. And now here they are. You want to do one more of these questions? Yeah. All right. 
Alice explains to Bella the theory of how vampires come to exist. She, men she mentions that most of them have memories from of the transition and their life prior to that. How does what we learn from James about Alice's past explain her lack of memory? So he explains that she was like in a mental institution kept in the dark. Mm -hmm. So there's a reason she doesn't remember anything because she was literally in the dark. The end. Yes. <laughs> now that I think about it, I truly don't remember anything else from Alice's backstory. Like, I don't know if it's ever revisited in the entire series. The only, I don't think it's actually ever revisited in the series, but there was a short film put out. I don't know who actually made them. There was like a collection of short films and it wasn't like the actors, but it went into more details of like backstories like that. And they did Alice's backstory. So I don't know if that, I think it was written by Stephanie Meyer though. Like it was like a little mini series. Maybe we'll have to delve into that. Is it I'll canon? To, <laughs> I think so. Cause I think it is written by Stephanie Meyer. Mm -hmm. I'll have to find it. And I mean, I mean it's possible. So Midnight Sun exists and I haven't read it yet. So yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe they do talk about more of the history of the other vampires in the Cullen family. But uh, yeah, we're going to find out that soon too. I'm surprised one of the questions in the your book mentions about like the fact that the Cullen family don't need extra income, but I don't think they ever talk about in the whole series about how they've acquired this much money, which is like a common question that we keep asking and talking about <laughs> in each one of our episodes. We're like, how did they get this much money? Blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's ever mentioned at all in the series. It's just inherited wealth from being, yeah. like, old. I guess just being a doctor for a long period of time. I wonder if maybe he got some money from the Volturi while he was chilling with them for a while. I still believe in that theory. Yeah. I looked up that thing, and it was produced by Stephanie Meyer, and it was, like, based off the thing. So I'll have to send you the thing. We'll watch them and talk about it. <gasps> Yay! I love more analysis. Yeah. <laughs> That'll have to be a thing we do in the future. Okie dokie. So that being said, we have a lot to look forward to in the next episode. We're going to watch the movie. We're going to talk about the movie. And then we're going to read the second book. And then we'll go from there. Uh <laughs> as always you can join us every month every other monday as we fall back into our twilight obsession like it is 2008 again you can find call in the shots on spotify apple Podcasts, and your usual podcasting platforms come sit with us next time at lunch for more of our sparkling personalities bye, bye.